Okay, she's, um, she helped to recall the San Francisco School Board and she's appointed as one of the school board members and now she is admonished and asked to resign. That's Anshu, that's the story we're gonna talk about today. So welcome to our show, uh, everyone. I'm your host, Kathy Zhang. So San Francisco school board meeting turned out to be chaotic this Tuesday night, August 2nd, to the point that the board president had to recess the meeting for 15 minutes and then had everyone come back again. What's the reason? It's uh, reported that uh, one of the school board members, the commissioners, made racist comments about black and brown families and students. So the board held this special meeting to discuss whether or not to admonish her. So that's An Shu, a retired engineer who was actively involved in the recall campaign and was later appointed by the San Francisco Mayor London Breed after the recall was successful. And Shu, by the way, she's an immigrant from Beijing, China. I interviewed her, if you remember, uh, when she was appointed as the commissioner. So what happened was a while ago on an endorsement questionnaire from a local group called San Francisco, called SF Parent Action. Anshu responded to one of the questions on increasing academic outcomes for the most marginalized students. And that's what she said uh, when she ans uh, answered this question. Okay, let's see that. She said, from my very limited exposure in the past four months to the challenges of educating marginalized students, especially in the back, uh, black and the brown community, I see one of the biggest challenges as being the lack of family support for those students. Unstable family environments caused by housing and food insecurity, along with lack of parental encouragement to focus on learning cause students to not be able to focus on or value learning. So what do you think of this comment? So we're gonna discuss that uh, and actually I wanted to know how you think. How do you think? Do you think this comment is um, problematic? Is it racist? Because that's the focus point. That's what caused uh, Enshu was condemned, was admonished, and uh, is asked to resign. So according to some local media reports, Enshu cited uh, unstable family environments and the lack of parental encouragement to focus on learning as one of the biggest challenges in educating black and brown students. That's why she got back backlash, and the backlash was swift and fierce. So with many condemning remarks, saying that uh, these comments reinforced the racist stereotype that black and brown parents don't value their children's education as much as white and Asian American parents. This is a false narrative used to explain low academic performance. So Xu later apologized 
for the statement and amended her answer into the questionnaire. And uh, in the Tuesday night special meeting, she even voted along with the other six commissioners to admonish herself. Let's take a lesson what she said at the meeting. I misspoke while trying to discuss these serious issues. And in doing so, I said things that unintentionally perpetuated harmful stereotypes. However, some people are still not satisfied. Five San Francisco Board of Supervisors and some community organization leaders still want her to resign. That includes San Francisco NAACP Vice President Arnold Townsend, noted that Xu should resign immediately. And comparing Xu to recalled school board member Allison Collins, whose uh, you know, racist uh, Twitter remarks against Asian Americans contributed to the landslide election ousting her in February. So is Anshu's comments racist? Why it caused such a controversy? And why it is happening in San Francisco? I, I talked to two residents in San Francisco. I tried to reach the NAACP, have not got a response yet. So one of the uh, residents I talked to is uh, Diane Yap, who's at the Tuesday school board meeting, and uh, she was actually shouted down when making her public comments. Uh, she's a board member of the Friends of Lowell Foundation. Lowell is the high school. It's a very uh, you know good high school that's also has been in the news, in the national news, and recently, actually in the past one or two years, because the school board trying to change the merit-based admission for this school. Uh, so another guest I talked to is Shiva Raj, one of the initiators of the school board recall, who is also co-founder of uh, San Francisco Guardian. If you remember, I also talked to her. I, I, I also interviewed him about the recall. So I talked to them and have them to share their insights. So first of all, I asked Diane Yap, what happened at Tuesday night uh, special meeting and uh, why some of the people shouted at her? So President Jenny Lam um, decided we could each have 15 minutes for public comment. And the people who wanted to ask Commissioner Shu to resign, they got to go first. We listened through all of their comments. Um, they even took up some of the time pretending to be uh, supporters of Commissioner Shu. But then after two or three of our side's comments, I was maybe the third or fourth commenter. Just in the middle of the comment, they started yelling. They started yelling, racist, shut it down. And so um, President Lamb couldn't get control of of the room, so she had to just make everybody leave for 15 minutes. What do you make of it and why they sure. shout at you? Um, the part where they started shouting, I was saying, you know, Commissioner Shu, she's not the problem, even if you make her resign. The real problem doesn't go away just because she's not a commissioner anymore. Um, and then I talked about how um, chronic absenteeism 
results in students who are unable to read at grade level, less likely to graduate from high school, from college, and more likely to be in prison one day. And that's the part that people should be upset about. And um, that's when everyone started shouting, you know, racist, racist, shut it down. Even though I actually, I didn't mention race at all. This is true for students of all races. If you don't make it to school, it's hard for you to learn how to read. And if you can't read properly, you won't graduate. It's hard to get a job. You might turn to a life of crime. It just really well-researched facts. Do you think it was a, there's a problem with her comments? No, I think the only problem is that um, she's not a politician, right? She's, she's experienced in business and she's a problem solver. And I believe that her, immig her immigrant background makes her speak more directly, more bluntly. Uh, my mother is also a Chinese immigrant and um, she, she doesn't, she doesn't sugarcoat her words, right? So, I mean, I think that if we really want to solve the problem of the academic achievement gap, we're going to have to look at root causes. And it just doesn't make sense to say that parents have no effect whatsoever on the success of their children. Nobody really believes that, right? I mean, at the same time, we don't want to blame everybody, anybody. We don't want to blame parents because that doesn't work either. But we do have to eventually face the fact that, you know, some kids just aren't getting to school regularly. Um, and they're coming into kindergarten not prepared to do work. They're already behind the other students. And then they have a hard time or they never manage to catch up. Um, and it's hard to talk about that without, without people feeling like they're being blamed. Yeah, so I asked uh, Shiva Raj the same question. Does he believe that uh, Anshu's comments is problematic? Is it racist? So I think the, the issue there is that this is a stereotype that's been used for many you know, generations uh, against Black people, especially in America. Uh, and as an immigrant, you know, coming in, maybe Anne wasn't fully aware of the, how the stereotype is being used in a very denigrating way towards Black people, especially in this country, to prevent, give, you know, prevent access to education. Like for, for a long time, in the United States, if you, if you, you know, if you know, you know it, access to education was segregated, right? Black kids were sent to different schools, for example. And many of the effects of that segregation still persist in our society. Even if you change the laws and you change the systems, those effects don't go away immediately. And so, and I think that is the empathy and that is the understanding that I think Anne was missing in the context when she said something uh, without thinking through why that issue had happened that creates um, hurt and it upsets people, understandably. And I think the important thing for us here, you know, to your second part of your question, you know, in San Francisco, we have a very multiracial society, right? We are people from every part of the world. Not everyone is going to know in detail each other's cultures. We don't, right? We, we barely understand our own cultures, right? That's a big task on its own to understand your own history and your own culture. And you're coming to a new country and you're trying to make sense of all of these different groups of people who exist here, right? And so it's natural that there will be misunderstandings happen in this process. And so if we 
if we tell people that you cannot speak about some of these issues at all, then that's not productive. It's not going to bring people together. It'll only divide people. You can't bring people together by creating a wall of silence between two groups. That is not productive. So you have to allow people to integrate. To integrate, you have to allow people to mix and to talk to each other, to try to learn about each other, to understand each other. And that needs to be done with empathy. And I think that's the important thing. In all of this, to be able to put yourself into the shoes of someone else whose, whose experience is very different from yours and to understand and appreciate that that experience is different and to make the effort to learn that experience. And I think especially as an elected leader, that is important because you are serving a large and very diverse group of people and you have to have the empathy to understand what their real problems are if you, if you have to be effective at solving those problems. And I think that's the issue. So, I'm not a fan of criticizing everyone for every word they do. I think that's why it's important to be able to provide the feedback and also enable that person to gain from that experience and, you know, and for us to bring people closer. And she apologized, but uh, the black community, for example, the NAACP leader just saying that's not enough. They want her to resign, including some other elected officials. So do you think because of what she said, she should resign? I don't think so. I think Anne has done the right thing. She has acknowledged uh, what she said. She has acknowledged the hurt that it caused. She has made a full unequivocal apology uh, to everyone who was hurt by these comments. And she's also not just done that. She's made the effort to go out and meet people, hear directly from them, for, you know, hear their anger, hear their comments, hear the feedback, and that takes a lot of courage. That's a good sign in a leader. You know, we don't expect leaders to be perfect. Nobody is. No human being is perfect, and certainly none of our leaders in office in San Francisco are perfect, right? But we do expect that when they make an error, whether they did it intentionally or unintentionally, and it causes hurt, they will acknowledge that, they will apologize, and they will do, make the right effort to correct it and do better. And that is really what a leadership looks like. That's the kind of leaders we want to see in office. Not the people who stand there and say, you know, whatever I said is exactly right and I will never change. That's not the people we want. We want people who are willing to listen to the community, adapt, amend, and do better. And, and I think as she's doing that, she is actually getting, you know, many of those who were hurt by our comments are reaching out and saying, we appreciate that you're making this effort and we want to see you continue this progress to learn more. And so I think it's a journey. It's not something that happens overnight, but it's awesome to see that Anne has put in the effort to start on that journey. Despite him being the president of NAACP, I don't really think he has any credibility to speak on racism because um, when it came to Alison Collins, who, as you remember, called Asians house N-words, and accused us of using white supremacy thinking to get ahead, he defended her. He um, spoke out against the recall. He, I think he wrote you know, a letter uh, defending her. Even a lawyer of the SF NAACP wrote a very long article in a local newspaper defending Alison Collins. So I do think that that shows a very clear double standard on racism. And so I don't think that they have any authority to speak on it. Talking about uh, Alison Collins' uh, tweets, it was actually you found that out, right? Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. I went looking for them, actually. I mean, I didn't even know who she was. The only reason I looked for them was because of the actions she was taking while she was a school board member 
the action she was taking and the way that she was speaking um, about, you know, a lot of Asian parents just on the school board meetings openly calling them racists. I'm listening to a bunch of racists, just treating them with disdain and rolling her eyes when people were speaking and then voting um, to make Lowell a lottery. I think all of those actions were actually what, what made me look for those tweets to confirm what I thought I was seeing, which is anti-Asian racism. How different was her um, comments about Asian versus what Anne wrote about uh, the Black and the Hispanic students? Right, so what Anne wrote, I've heard that what Anne wrote came from her conversations with people within the Black and Brown communities, um, that she spoke with parents and teachers and these are the challenges that they suggested were the, the biggest challenges to academic success in those communities. Um, I mean, I, I can't confirm that. I didn't hear it firsthand, but I mean, it, it wouldn't be surprising to me if that were in fact true. And she was trying to, to solve a problem. She was asked, you know, what can we do to help um, increase the academic outcomes of the most marginalized students? Um, so, at the very least, I believe that one, she was trying to solve a problem, and two, her responses were based on what she heard from those communities. So I don't think it's really fair to compare it to what Alison Collins said at all, because what Alison Collins said was clearly, you know, out of anger. She, you know, it was just basically a racist rant against Asians. Um, relying on stereotypes like, oh, Asians are so quiet. Oh, Asians are so sneaky. They're trying to use white supremacy to get ahead. Oh, Asians are just, you know, house N-words. These are clearly angry statements that there's no problem she's solving for. If anything, she's making it worse. From your understanding, why this is happening? Do you think it, it he, what she said to such extent to you know, have such a kind of uh, uproar in the community. What do you think? It's a good question. And I think, you know, in San Francisco, we tend to have this uh, tendency to overreact to words and ignore actions. That is why we have this serious situation in the school district, where we've not focused on the actual actions of the elected officials. And so we get a lot of people who are very smooth talkers, who are well-versed in saying this nice things but do not do their jobs. They completely fail at their jobs. And I think this is also a learning process for the average person in San Francisco to appreciate that excessive focus on words is not helpful. We need to focus on actions. We obviously need to hold people accountable when they say things that are hurtful and enable them to make the journey to not being hurtful and to recognize that. But in the end of the day, no children are going to be served in the district if we don't actually do the right things. If we don't educate them, if we don't focus on getting a school district, which is still in serious crisis, to recover. And there are a lot of people in the San Francisco political environment whose only job is to criticize other people. So I would ignore those people and focus and talk to the actual parents on the street and actual parents in the community. Speak to parents, understand what their needs are and focus the energy on addressing that and you will be fine. Ignore the talking voices. Just focus on the needs of the community that you've been elected to serve or appointed to serve in this case. 
When I, you know, talk to you and Autumn, your partner who co-founded this uh, recall, also talked about uh, how when you step out in San Francisco in the political That's arena, true. you will get a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, heat, right? <laughs> I mean, in fact, so many other parents who were even more frustrated with the situation in February last year when we started the recall did not start it because they were afraid they would be color racist. Right. And we stepped in, maybe not understanding the political situation enough in San Francisco. And, you know, because we said, hey, I don't care. Our kids are suffering. I don't care what you call, call us. We're going to do what is right for our children. And I think you have to keep that focus on doing the right thing for the children. The rest is nice. From your point of view, you know, uh, how to really get a uh, move forward with that have a right. negative impact or a positive impact? What do you think? I think this has, of course, been a bit of a distraction over the last few weeks, uh, understandably, from, you know, just before the controversy happened, the school board, in fact, um, produced, made the district produce data on the actual outcomes across different racial groups. And you could see clearly how badly many kids in our school district are doing, how much, how little help and support they're getting from the school district. And the fact that they are basically being graduated without actually learning much. The school district is just washing its hands of the responsibility of actually educating so many of our children. That is really the thing we should be focused on. That is really the, the biggest challenge. And so, you know, at the same time, when something like this happens, you have to make sure you put in the good faith effort to address it and continue to address it. And then bring the focus back on really the priorities for the school district, which is to you know, educate all our children, and especially the kids who are not doing quite so well, to provide them the help and support they need. Yeah, now they are still continuing to calling Anshu to resign and to call, call off her uh, running for the school board in November. Uh, so far, yeah. she said she's not going to do that. How do you think the, the importance uh, of that, she, you know, continue to do that, or what could happen, what could be the impact if she finally, you know, under the pressure, she make a different decision? So I think it's important to Anne for stay there because she's actually had now quite a bit of learning through this process and she can bring that learning to the district. She's new to office. She's not a practice politician. She's just a parent. Um, from a community that has not actually participated much in the political process. She's representing a community that has not been represented on the school board. So it's really important for her, while she's making the right thing, while she's doing the right things to correct for the words, but she's also there to represent the needs of those communities. And if she leaves, she, there's no one to provide that voice. So she has to be there to provide that voice too. So she has two things to do here. She has to continue the work she's doing but also look for ways to correct for the uh, hurt that's been caused by the world. So both are required. And that's what leadership, that is what is a sign of a good leader who can bring, bring people together, even in a situation of crisis, through our actions, through our words, and through, by staying continuously focused on the things that matter. Now, the people who wanted to resign, the vast majority of them were exactly the same groups and the same individuals who stood firmly behind the, school, the three school board members who were recalled. These are the people who campaigned for them. These are the people who donated to them. These are the people who said, who ignore all the things that they did, that have hurt our most disadvantaged kids the most. So they have zero 
They have zero credibility when it comes to this issue. This is a pure political response from many of those groups that are trying to take advantage of a genuine mistake a candidate who is new to politics has made on one of her first situations. And that is not helpful. That is not helpful for race relations in San Francisco. It is actually making things worse. By trying to politicize this situation, you actually make things worse. You don't think make things better. So I ask the question to Diane, you know, how does she think the impact of this uh, incidence? I really feel like it's just opportunistic in its vengeance. You know, a lot of the same groups who are speaking and asking for Commissioner Shu to resign, they were very much against um, the recall. For example, UESF, um, the African American Parents um, Advisory Council, the NAACP, all of those groups were very much against the recall. The recall succeeded and now I think they're looking for any small possibility, any opportunity to exact revenge. I think that's all that this is about. I don't think anything that Commissioner Xu said was nearly as bad as what um, Commissioner Collins said. And in addition, she sued her own school district for $87 million. She didn't even bother to issue a real apology. So it's really not comparable at all. Mm. Yeah, so how to address this type of a gap? I think it's a really big problem. And I think that um, one way the school board can address it is just to not have these types of meetings, like the one that there was yesterday, which I think very predictably erupted into chaos very quickly. Um, basically, to have even have these discussions in the and to admonish people or to take sides and say, oh, you were wrong, you can't say this, you can't say that. I think it's all political, it's a show trial. And the voters of San Francisco have already expressed that they are not interested in any of that, that the job of the school board is just to make sure that children are educated, that they can read, that they can do math. And I hope that going forward, the school board can concentrate on those things, on student outcomes alone, and not be bickering and admonishing and voting on each other's First Amendment protected statements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so now that you mentioned about the First Amendment, um, I, I'm, I'm sure you were born and raised here, right? Yeah, but for people like Anne and myself, the country where we come from, there's no First Amendment. And what's happening, things like this happening to Anne, is like you say something, you could just get become guilty for what you said. Mm -hmm. It happens in China. You know, that's mm -hmm. uh, understandable. But it seems it's happening more and more in the United States, especially in San Francisco. So to you, you know, you were born and raised here. What do you think, you know, what's behind it? Do you have any idea about it? Or what's your observation on this? I believe that what's behind it is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the term, but um, critical race theory, basically seeing everything through a lens of race. And anytime any outcome is unequal, the only thing to blame is racism. Like each individual has no none of their own agency, they can't make individual life choices. Basically, they're on a trajectory, a path set forth by a racist system that oppresses people. 
and that's it. So I believe that this um, academic framework is what's responsible for what I see as just persecuting people left and right for saying things that disagree with this outlook that poor outcomes can only be because of racism. That's exactly what happened to Commissioner Shu. She wanted to suggest that there's, you know, there's things in the background that could be improved. Um, like, for example, I, she didn't say this, but I firmly believe it. For example, you know, making sure that kids attend school every day, I think, would improve outcomes. But, you know, if you don't say that the reason that there's gaps is only because of racism, then you're guilty of being a racist, basically. Traditionally, in United States, people would not usually would not think for a second time like what they should or should not say, right? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, and then later on we have the political correctness and the cancel mm -hmm. culture. Yeah, I believe that it's getting more and more intolerant and it's in the name of diversity, equity, inclusion, racial equity, but what undergirds all of it is just this intolerance. Like if you do not agree with this point of view, you will be labeled a racist. We will try to get you fired. You will be canceled. And I think that anybody who values, you know, free speech, freedom of thought, freedom of inquiry really needs to fight back right now and as hard as they can. If this going to disrupt further, what do you see the, the danger? It's the same as the danger any, anywhere when there's only one acceptable point of view, right? What, one of the things that makes this country great is that there is such a huge variety of different viewpoints and that the government ensures that everybody can say, you know, what they believe and that the best ideas will win out because we can openly debate them. I feel that that's going away slowly, um, quicker these days. and what's at risk is you know a society where we can ensure that everyone has the opportunity to thrive right if you are going to be held down because of your race like for example with what's going on at harvard if you're an asian student you need to an average of 160 points or something more on your sat than if you were a black student that's not right um, we really have to fight back against things like that because that's where this is leading. If, if the only thing you can say is every single bad outcome is definitely only caused by racism, what that leads to is you're going to have to treat people differently based on race. And I feel that the vast majority of Americans don't want that, especially not the immigrants. Mm -hmm. Going back to the, yesterday at the school board meeting, when that happened, when people yelled at you, you know, all the chaos, yeah, how did you feel about that? Um, in the moment, I thought that they would stop. So I was actually asking the timekeeper, can you please pause my time? Pause my time. Um, but it was a little frustrating because, like I said, the meeting began with their side and we sat through their comments. We didn't start shouting or <laughs> standing up or, you know, we didn't stop them from speaking. And then when it was our turn, you know, they couldn't listen. They just couldn't control their emotions. 
Um, but I am grateful that I got to say my piece in the end. Yeah, but you, you, you were not intimidated. No. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you persisted, yeah. right? Why you, do you think it's important for you to persist on? Uh, one of the reasons is actually have to do with, um, you know, what Alison Cullen said about Asians. You know, she's like, well, where are all the vocal Asians? Why aren't Asians speaking up? Well, I'm speaking up. You know, I, I'm not going to be quiet and just let you steamroll over Asians because you're used to us being quiet. That's not the case anymore. I'm not letting that happen to us. Great. So, yeah, anything else you would like to share with our audience about this issue? Um, I hope that everybody who, you know, supports a great education for all students will join me in supporting Commissioner Xu in November. I hope she hangs in there. I hope um, she can be brave and help out all of us uh, with our education. Yeah, so I also asked Shiva to share his, uh, you know, last comments. Exactly. And, you know, when, when we published, when we discovered Collins' tweets and we posted them on Twitter, we did not call them racist. We did not. We said they were anti-Asian, they were prejudiced, they were biased, but we did not use the word racist. That was intentional. If we call everything racist, then nothing is racist. Then we lose sight of the real racism that's happening in our societies across the world, not just in America. And we actually hurt those people who are facing real racist issues because now we've, we've called everything racist and then people start stop paying attention to these issues. So if it is actually real, if we are really truly interested in solving issues like racism, then let's stop calling everything racist because there is a tendency in San Francisco when we won the recall, there are people, the same, you know, there are elected officials in San Francisco called all of those who voted to recall as racist and white supremacists. That is kind of the tendency in San Francisco to call everything racist. And that's not good. That is actually counterproductive. It's not a good action. Good point. Yeah. So anything else, Shiva, you wanted to share with the audience? I think overall, you know, for me personally, just looking at like everything that has happened post the recall and kind of the ongoing um, you know, debates and issues. I think there is a real desire amongst the people. I think the first thing we have to acknowledge is the voters actually don't want this stuff. They don't want to see us obsessing about what people are saying and ignoring what people are doing. The voters don't want that. They want our elected leaders to focus on doing things, not just talking, but doing. In fact, talk less, do more. That's what they want to see. And so, and I think it's important to keep that in perspective. Right. And the second thing is, I think this is an important process for both communities. I think it's important process for the Asian American community to get a better understanding of the other communities that exist. And it's important for the other communities to also get a better understanding of the Asian American communities, because these are big and large communities in our city. And it's important for them to come together, not based on a wall of silence, but a base of mutual understanding about each other, of their histories, of where they are today and where they want to go. And I think that is really the most vital thing we have to do in San Francisco, which is to create and enable these different communities to come closer and understand each other and work together. Because all you know, what we want is actually very similar. Every parent that we speak to, we've spoken to like thousands and thousands through the recall process, 
right? Everybody wants the same thing. They want, they want a good education for the kids. They want the kids to have a successful life. That's what everybody wants. And so that is an easy problem to solve because everybody wants the same thing. Well said. Thank you, Shiva, for sharing your thoughts with us. You're welcome. And thank you so much for having me. All right. So, yeah, how do you think? Do you think uh, whatever, what Anshu commented uh, about the black and uh, brown families, anything wrong with it? You know, leave your comments there. And uh, do you think she should apologize? And uh, she also, you know, voted herself voted to acknowledge uh, um, herself. So how do you think? And uh, let's see some of uh, your comments. Um, Daniel, you said that they are attacking her because she's Asian. These type of statements have been made to others and uh, there has been no reaction. Okay, yeah. And uh, Daniel, you also said that this is what you typically find in California. That's what I was told by some other uh, people I talk to, um, you know, they are not available to be on screen, uh, on record, but um, they said that's a very typical political, you know, kind of a stunt. And so um, on the farm, you said uh, uh, sounds like somebody hit a nerve, right? Definitely hit a nerve. And Dave said, you thank you for reporting this in depth. You're welcome. I think it is important to go behind, you know, beyond the uh, story. And uh, really, there are a lot of issues involved. As I, you know, speak to Diane and uh, Shiva, I learned a lot by myself as well. I hope you too. So a lot of things, you know, if we don't want to, the things that we don't want to do is pit against each other, but rather should try to understand each other. And uh, this is about America, right? So um, on the farm, you said no need to sugarcoat. And if it's true, they just say it, right? Um, I agree. I agree. Um, so, and uh, let's see. Hollis, you said, who does the school board think they are? Twitter board? That's good, you know, that's a question. Well, the current school board had uh, three members replaced. Um, yeah, but uh, still there are, four of them are the original school board members. And, um, okay. And the cancer mouse, you said, uh, amen, Diane Yap, glad to have heard you speak, patriot. All right. And uh, Daniel said, best of luck, Diane, good for you, keep speaking out. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what she sh shared and why she spoke out, I think it really means something. And... Um, the cancer mouse said, when everything is called racist, people eventually use it as the word in the beginning of its sentence, just another word. That is true.
Uh, Matthew, you said, uh, when I say something and I believe sincerely what I said is correct, I do not apologize. Thank you for sharing your view. And uh, I, the cancer mouse, I think you probably meant Anne, right? Would not have, I would not have apologized. Okay, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, so yeah, hear you, I, you know, thank you for sharing your thoughts with all of us. All right, so yeah, it's a, it is, um, you know, the situation is still developing. Uh, we uh, will keep an eye on it and uh, we'll report to you any of the new developments. And uh, this is, um, you know, California, that's San Francisco, but I think things are changing as you can notice, right? And um, Tim Jackson, you said uh, she should keep speaking out. I'm black, I agree with her. Well, thank you for sharing what you think. All right, so yeah. And uh, so again, thank you for uh, staying with uh, our show today and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. So take care and uh, good night. Bye-bye.